Hi guys, welcome to the very first episode of The Inside Scoop, the podcast where I give you an inside look into some of the most interesting people I've met thus far. I am your host, Christina, and today we're going to be interviewing my very first guest ever. So exciting. Um, His name is Justin, and Justin isn't like most guys I've met. Justin is very friendly. He's pretty much an open book, and above all, he is truly himself, and that is really something I admire. So today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into his life, and we're especially going to talk about toxic masculinity and his thoughts around it and kind of how it's translated into his life now. But before we begin, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up. That would really mean a lot to me. And if you're listening on Spotify, please give this a five star rating because that really, really helps. I, I hate to say this, but it really helps the algorithm. <laughs> um, but with that, let's get started. Okay, I'm so nervous. <laughs> oh my god, let me move my shit. I'm not ready. Great, my spice rack is literally in the show. Oh, it's fine. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my lord. Um, okay, well, hi Justin. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for being the very first guest. No problem. Um, Glad to be a guinea pig. Yeah. I mean, not yet to that, but thank you. Um, I think it's really interesting that this is the first time that we're meeting and I'm interviewing <laughs> you for my podcast. You want to tell them how we met? Yeah, we can. So, we matched on Hinge. <laughs> That's pretty much it i don't know do you have anything else to add no i just saw your prompt and said be on my podcast and i used to do podcasts so that'd be a fun experience yeah you know what? i thought like when i added that prompt more people would respond to it but you are the only person that responded to it so. yeah because not everyone likes doing content that's true i feel like post-pandemic people have like gotten sick of putting themselves online a lot of people actually mm. went the opposite and they went private yeah, yeah, yeah everyone yeah. went private and they like just hit themselves because things were going on you know that's true i don't know i mean i just i thought it was like an interesting prompt and thought more people would respond well to it, but I guess you're right. More people like to be private nowadays. Yeah. Okay, so before we get started, um, I'm going to do a little bit of trivia. And it's going to be- Trivia? Yeah. I'm getting gonna... tested right now? Yeah. Oh my God, you make me look dumb on this. <laughs> no, be... no, no, no. So because you told me that you used to do a, po- you used to do a poetry podcast, this is all poetry related. Oh, okay. So... What? No. <laughs> no, I don't know anything about <laughs> It'll be easy. Oh. So five questions. It goes from easy to hard. I don't know much about poetry, so I don't know how hard or easy these questions are, but. Okay, <laughs> all right. I did not expect this. <laughs> Sorry. I don't. I was, I was debating if I should tell you or not, but. I okay, I do poetry in the sense of like, I write my feelings up, but I don't, like his literary terms or authors mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm really bad at names. Oh, okay, maybe yeah. you won't get this then, but it'll be fun. Oh my lord. Okay, this one's super easy. Who wrote the Odyssey? Uh. I don't know, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? I don't know. Wait, Ili- Iliad something? Iliad? No, Homer. Homer? Yeah, Homer. I think, okay. yeah, yeah. Homer. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you'll know this wow, one. Wow, wait, this is, can we cut these out? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you all. I told you, I don't, I don't know authors and stuff like that. Okay, well. Yeah. I don't even have a favorite poet, to be honest. I have a bookmark, like, page on Goodreads of all of my favorite quotes. Okay. And so they're, like, snippets of things, and that's where, like, I read other people's, like, inspiration oh, comes from, sort of. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were just, like, super into literature and... No, no, no. <laughs> Do you want to finish the trivia? Because I'm going to... I'll tell you how I got into it. Like, in school, I always got seasoned writing. Like, uh-huh. I literally was a terrible student. Uh-huh. I'm per- the type of person who's, like, I don't follow the rules by the go. I hated the... MLI citation, I hated having to like, you know, go and research things in the library. I hated all of that. So for me, poetry is a way to break the form and you can express yourself in ways that is unconventional because 
there's many styles of writing. But yeah. in class, in school, they only teach you like you write one way, you got to make your argument this way, form like a basis, whatever. What you still do do in poetry because mm -hmm. there's be like a question. lot of philosophy yeah. attached to it. Yeah. You no, know, but you like if you know E. e. Cummings' work, he breaks form and says like really strange stuff and just like a jumble of words. Sometimes it's like the way it looks on the page. Sometimes it's you know the way he phrases things. You know, but it's not conventional in any sense. So interesting. I've, okay. Like explored many different styles and like that's maybe something that I haven't settled on is having a certain way that I write. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, it's, it's just more to like break away from the. Yeah, so it was your way of like not yeah. conforming to yeah, the exactly. rules and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Not conforming. Okay, so I'm not going to ask you these trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> um, okay. Um, well, thank you for that. So we're just going to go into the introduction. Um, that wasn't the intro? That was not the intro. Um, okay. So I wish I could introduce you myself, but because I don't know you, um, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself without using your name or any social given attributes so like not your age not your gender like how would you describe yourself not your job who are okay. you who is justin i'm outgoing i'm open-minded mm -hmm. uh free spirit explorative but i'm just naming a bunch of characteristics i mean that's those are pretty good characteristics you feel like those are like really important to you as a person yeah i would say yeah okay expressive yeah all the things Okay. You gotta make these questions like easier. Like, easier? Are they too hard? <laughs> no, it's like, why are you making them puzzles? Like, it was not, okay, okay. Okay, I was having trouble with my intro question. So now I have feedback. Yeah. I will make an easier intro question. I mean, I could just go into like my background and stuff, some of the stuff I, I was gonna tell you about. Well, I was gonna talk about how you, you told me how you moved 14 schools before you graduated. Um, wondering why that was or how that happened. Yes, I moved around a lot because my dad's work. And he just okay. was looking for new opportunities. Uh, so I was born in Utah. I stayed there until okay. I was seven. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Florida until I was 10. And then I was in Shanghai, China from 10 to 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I went to, I actually like came back for senior year and went back to Florida just for like one year. And then I went to school in Boston. I went to BU. Oh, okay. Yeah. And after BU, I came here. I've been here for like eight years now. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So like your dad was moving around for work, not like because he was in the military, because I know most people no, move no. around a lot because yeah. like parents are in the military. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. How did you, how do you think you handled all that change? You know, because I feel like as a child, most children crave like stability and like moving around a lot is like not yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty stable. <laughs> yeah. When I was younger, actually, I was really shy and quiet and I would say it was like harder for me to make friends because I was so shy and kind of, I kind of felt like I was just like, in the back of the classroom as the new kid for mm -hmm. maybe a year or two sometimes even like three or six months i would like swap schools again mm -hmm. and so because of that i kind of my personality changed to form to become extroverted mm -hmm. and also a little bit like i know i can be kind of a character sometimes and i do like kind of out there things but i do that in a way to like make an impression so that i will be remembered mm -hmm. to one of these schools like at least i'll have some friends and people will like oh no oh justin was the guy that did the, like yeah. this and that so from each guy i went to like i remember i would try to make friends by like learning something new like i remember in uh in like second and third grade i learned like to do a backflip off the swings and that's how i like that's made crazy. some friends and then yeah the next place i went to uh i was like i did pen spinning so i took uh -huh. the pen spinning to like so can you do that thing class. where you like you like go across like all your knuckles and stuff yeah something like, yeah, something like that's that that's crazy okay yeah. <laughs> and then it was just like random things i picked up here and there so that's why i now have a lot of different hobbies because mm -hmm. i feel like i picked up like one small thing from each school that i yeah. moved to okay so my next question was like how do you think that affect or influence you as an adult and you say like now you have a lot of hobbies like 
do you feel like like how deep into your hobbies are you like how how can like one person have so many hobbies i don't think i'm yeah i wouldn't say i'm a master like <laughs> i'm an expert at any of them but uh -huh. you can definitely tell that when i'm into whatever i'm doing like i'm very passionate about the things that i do okay. and i have like a bit like a keen interest on pursuing those things do you but feel it is like kind of like pick up and put down pick up and put down like Last year when I first, uh, or like two years ago when I first moved back to the city, I was trying to do like some street performance stuff and I picked up fan dancing or my version of fan dancing. Uh -huh. And I was just doing it on the street and I kept uh, meeting photographers because fan dancing is kind of a flashy thing to do outside. Mm -hmm. I have and no idea what fan dancing is. <laughs> fan dancing? Yeah. It's, it's just like fans, these, these fans right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, these fans. But uh -huh. it's, a, it's a silk fans though. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I was doing the silk fans, but... Uh, I guess there's different lengths of silk fans. The ones I did were like six feet long. Mm -hmm. And so they could like leave trails and like just make shapes in the air, basically. Oh, okay. So I was doing that for a while on the street. <clears throat> and then people were taking pictures of me. So I was posting them onto my Instagram for a bit. And then uh, randomly, this like cultural group reached out to me for their fundraiser. And they said, hey, can you do a performance for us? That's cool. What like, the heck? Yeah, that's how it always ends up is that I'm just like doing my thing. Like same thing with the poetry. I was just uh -huh. posting poems on my Instagram for like a year mm -hmm. and then someone reached out to me and said hey like I think you have a good speaking voice do you want to like run this podcast for us oh dang. be the host of it and every time someone offers me to do an opportunity like I always jump on the chance to say yes even if it turns out like terribly yeah. and uh, I like fail at it um I still like just give it a shot to see what happens dang okay yeah. so how do you feel like not how do you feel but like how did how do you find these like hobbies because like I've never heard of fan dancing before like how did you come upon that yeah fan dancing was a thing because during that time two years ago, there was a whole like stop Asian hate thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I had to do something that was in line with my whole idea of uh, being like in my cultural, you know, like Chinese heritage, yeah. whatever, and like embracing some more of those things. But some of the things that I would say like, you know, if you go to like the park in China, whatever, and there's like the old Tai Tais and the grandma. Yeah, grandma's, they're so cute. They're doing like the Tai Chi with the sword <laughs> or like the whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> If you see those people like here, like they might be made fun of and be like, oh, yeah. like that's like weird and whatever. So mm -hmm. to me, it was like kind of doing that thing publicly on blast. Yeah, to, to like, embrace like, really. This is like us because of yeah. all the stuff that was going on. So yeah. it's my way of like expressing that this is something that's normal for us. Mm -hmm. or not. I also taught myself this. So it's not uh -huh. like I was like taught by anyone. I just yeah. picked up fans and said, I'm just going to. The weird thing too was I was dancing to EDM songs because I really like EDM. <laughs> uh -huh. so the, that's interesting. Yeah, so to me, it's like, I, it's like that cross. Uh, the cross breed of both like mm -hmm. I was born here in America and like there's I guess Indian culture with a bunch of Asians that go and listen yeah, to yeah, music yeah. Yeah. but also doing like a strange thing but it's just like a flow art thing you know yeah in the EDM scene there's a lot of flow art yeah artists. yeah yeah so it's kind of like a cross between both of those have you ever like done that like an at a rave have you been a rave have you done the at a rave yeah I brought it to Izu last year uh -huh. How did I that go? did a little bit of it Izu's too crowded to do that type of stuff there oh really yeah it yeah, have you, have you been to Izu before? No, this is my first year in New York, so <clears throat> oh, okay. I'm going this year, but yeah. Okay, yeah, Izu's really crowded. I mean, okay. actually, all the festivals are crowded. Yeah, I would imagine. There are spaces that you could do it, but I feel like it would be at the very, very back of the stage. Oh, okay. I did, like, film a few videos, um, but yeah, yeah. Not, not really, yeah. <laughs> okay, so not the space to be doing fan dancing, got it. <laughs> you could, you could, but I was just really hot and sweaty because it was, like, Izu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, are you going this year? Yeah, yeah. The lineup is sick, so I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. 
Um, this is going to be a random segue, but you were telling me about how you had an online character where you talked about toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, like, one, why did you get into that? And two, how did you get the courage to go into that? Because I feel like, I mean, I guess nowadays it's a little easier for, like, men to talk about toxic masculinity, but, like, back in the days, not even that long ago, it was, like, a lot harder. So, yeah, one, why did you get into this? And two, what gave you the courage to do it? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess on my page, I try to advocate for different things. And at one point, like, after college, I was talking about, like, mental health awareness and, like, the importance of, like, looking after that and yeah. stuff. Uh, and so another one of the ideas about that, like, linked to it was toxic masculinity and how, like, guys aren't able in society to, like, voice their feelings and they're always, like, kind of shunned and like told to not you know, or not encouraged in the very first place mm -hmm. just the way that we're like socialized and like brought up and raised yeah um and yeah i just had a hard time in college basically because i couldn't really talk about my feelings that's how i actually got to poetry oh okay, okay. i was just writing a bunch of like really sad shit online yeah. <laughs> oh my God. yeah so that's how i got to poetry is like they're all kind of linked in a way yeah all the things that like i do but yeah <clears throat> uh the character i basically was going after because i was so angry at the time i was uh I took these videos and these pictures of me like with pink underwear in Times Square. I was, I was so yeah, I was actually like very angry. But there's this quote that says, "Everything that begins in anger ends in shame." But that's talking mm. about how there's a lot of shame for guys, especially like even Asian men. Yeah. And the way that like those really strict Asian dads are always mm. telling guys uh, to act a certain way, be, like yeah. macho, yeah. Like, bottle I feel it like up. especially in like Asian culture or like yeah Hispanic culture. It's like, like don't that, cry yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So all those, those sorts of things. It's like, it's like lean into your effeminate side because mm -hmm. I I feel like I was raised very socialized like around women because my dad was away at work a lot and my mm -hmm. mom and my sister basically were around me. So for me personally, like internally, I always felt comfortable expressing myself in mm -hmm. ways like that. Mm -hmm. But I would always get made fun of by other people and people would think like, oh, is Justin gay or he's like whatever you know. Yeah. And so like those are the kinds of things that makes men afraid to like talk about things like that that are important yeah. and that's what i feel like a lot of the inner like masculine rage comes from or just like guys being angry because mm -hmm. they can't of, let it out right yeah a lot of that male yeah. rage comes like stems from that but yeah. people don't talk about that because they it gets into other more you know topics and discussion and i don't know if you can say something bad and like offend someone by saying something wrong yeah that's where it like kind of stemmed from mm -hmm. and so it's like i've like leaned into doing small things like that like i've now I have like pink shoes that I bought I and I go it. out with them. I love your pink I honestly love yeah. your pink rug so much. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. I took a picture with it one time and someone said it, it looks like a porn rug. <laughs> you know what? Now you say that <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it stems from, basically. Okay. It's a character to talk about that, but it's not like I was. So were you like an anonymous, like a totally like different like name, different like. No, it actually yes, started with this pink Hello Kitty suit that I wore. Uh -huh. I feel like Hello Kitty is pretty, like, not that, it's not that bad of a thing to do, you know? Yeah. But I guess for people who, like, when I was still dealing with that back then, being like, you know that thing, like, oh, real men wear pink? There was, like, yeah. a thing that went on about though, that. Very brief, right? Was very brief, but that yeah. happened at some point, and then it's, like, wearing a whole entire pink, like, suit like that for me, I physically felt very uncomfortable because of the way that I always knew I would be made fun of and I, yeah. I would go out with the, these the kind of costume and whatever 
and it, internally I felt like I had to like fight myself all the time. Oh. I felt very like anxiety ridden. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like people are judging me now. And, like, yeah. I would just like physically feel more hot inside, and you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of stuff that I was just trying right. to like work through, I guess. Yeah. So, do you feel like a lot of that just also comes from like not just talking about the toxic masculinity, but also just like not caring about like the way people think or like judgment, I guess, in general? Uh, you mean I'm afraid of judged? Yeah, uh, because like you said, like in the beginning when you were wearing that like Hello Kitty costume or whatever, like you were just like hot because everyone you're like oh everyone's judging me but like i'm sure like at this point you're just like who cares right yeah it did take me it actually took me a while because i started this whole like i was supposed to start making content and filming for all this stuff like literally the beginning of 2020 is when i started that so-called character mm-hmm. i even dyed my hair pink at that time too to Dang, you're like lean into it yeah and right when i started like making this content <laughs> pandemic hate and I was like, oh, crap, like, I, no one could get, go outside anymore. Like, yeah. I remember if you posted a story when you're outside, yeah. people were like, you're, like you're a COVID spreader. Yeah. Like, yeah, screw you. Like, you're the one that's yeah. killing people. So I was like, oh, I can't go and do this now. Cause yeah. It's already, like, a very out there thing to, like, be in your underwear. So I had to stop it pretty much. I stopped mm-hmm. it, but then I went on a TikTok, and I tried to make my own way to, like, make videos and talk about it mm-hmm. in the first place. So, so is that yeah. how you started your TikTok? Or yeah, is that what your TikTok is about? Well, it, it like slowly evolved. I actually just made a TikTok on the board and I started making dance videos. But then I'm also very competitive in a way that I was also fighting for numbers and like followers. Yeah. And so I kept like crapping out videos being like, okay, I'm not doing well yet. Like I have no views. I just like literally would push out videos. Like yeah. I had a schedule set that at the peak of my content creation, I was making like eight to 12 videos a day. A day? A day, literally. That's actually Like insane. by lunchtime, I remember telling myself I have to have four to five videos out before I eat lunch. That and if I don't wild. like have four or five videos, then just wait till you're done and then you can eat lunch. Is that like just filmed or like edited and everything too? No, it's, that's why, like I said, the way I shoot, it's like if you're making so many like quantity of videos, yeah. like don't have a fancy camera, don't whatever, like in the very, yeah, very beginning, yeah. it's all about plastering your face all Everywhere, over the internet yeah. as much as you can. Yeah. And so I just would say a bunch of like random stuff like, I, it was not great content. I'll like give it that. But I was just saying whatever I could to get kind of yeah, attention and views yeah, online. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's how you have to start, right? Just like until you get that attention, and then you can start like refining your content and like slowing down on the content and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Then you go more to like quality. Yeah, directions. yeah. That's always how. I mean, I think that's how like TikTok works. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So talking about content, we can get into your poetry podcast now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no more quiz. Now, do you want to be quizzed? No. <laughs> I think it'd be really funny to answer, for you to answer them, but okay. Okay, um, okay so I guess like one, you, you already mentioned how you got into poetry. Um, so how did, and you briefly mentioned how someone like reached out to you to talk or have your voice on the poetry podcast. So um, I guess one, how did that happen? And you you told me you used to do it. Why don't you do it anymore? Yeah. Um, Someone reached out to me just because I was posting so much on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the same time, I was also filming videos of myself, like making these short films related or short like videos related to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone like saw me and basically reached out and it was a poetry page. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do it. And uh, I basically would like go around on the page on Instagram and look and see other people's like works. And then I would like tag them and say, okay, next Monday I'm going to be uh, reading works from like these 10 like authors or poets whatever online mm-hmm. and then I would just basically like showcase emerging artists vo- like voices online okay so yeah, you have so. like you had to do the work to go find the poetry it wasn't like people submitting their like work and stuff I did initially when I first started and then I made a hashtag 
is actually still up there. You can go to like, I think it was Her Heart Live uh-huh. is what I called it. And then people would hashtag it and I would like scroll through the hashtag to look for people who are like submitting pieces to me. Sometimes people would also DM me because they would see me like on the podcast and say, hey, like I want you to read my work. So people were also sending me their own like works as well. So yeah. kind of like the more I did it, the more it snowballed and I had, would have like more like work to based off of. Okay. Know? Is this podcast yeah. still live? Like is it on Spotify or anything? <laughs> no, the thing is back then I filmed it on the live stream of the oh, Instagram feature. Oh, okay. And that was before IGTV even existed. Yeah. And I think I have it somewhere saved on my hard drive, but I have yeah. to like dig deep to find Dang. it. I was supposed to post it at one time um, on YouTube, but the reason why I stopped is because uh, someone else took over the page oh. and this guy basically wanted to turn it into like a zine, a zine. It's like a oh, mini, like an, kind mini of like an online. Yeah, magazine. but he wanted to actually make it into a business. So he wanted to make it to a oh. money thing. But everyone that was doing it said, no, it's just for passion, for fun. Yeah. We do it for the community. It's for like engagement and building our audience. It's not, it's to showcase people who are like doing this. It's not about money. Yeah. And he really actually wanted to like make it to a business model. So people like, I, after I left, then it just turned into like a poetry repost page pretty much. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, kind of answered my question. I was going to ask if like that was something like you planned to monetize or like if it was monetized, but. No, I, that's the thing. Is like, I don't make any money off of the writings and stuff. Like, I literally just post it because I did at one point think, like, oh, that would be really fun to be some kind of, like, traveling bard. Have you heard about bards or whatever? I, I like, people who go yeah. around telling people stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's, like, some such a medieval of, thing. Yeah, <laughs> right? it is. Like, I read online that this was, a, like, a role that existed back then. Or yeah. Or maybe still now. I don't but know now, but... I, 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 I felt like at the time when I was doing all that work, I felt like some kind of like emotional medium, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I felt things so deeply and I would like channel that and try to like put it on paper. But the people do that, like in Washington Square Park, there's a poet outside true. who like, they give them like a topic or like, can you write about my dead dog or something? And they'll yeah. like write a poem about it yeah. like, on the spot. That's crazy. So there are people that do that stuff, but yeah. it's not like that's a thing that, you know, I mean, you hear very often. Yeah, it's that's unconventional. Why I think it's really, that's why my parents really would cool. tell me, they're like, what? You're going like, <laughs> to travel and like, read poems? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a really cool thing. Like, a bar- yeah. I actually haven't heard that word since, like, because like, I used to be, like, super into, like, medieval stuff. So, like, I, yeah, yeah that word, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a medieval, medieval thing, but it's really yeah. interesting. Um, okay, well, actually, I guess. No, like- I've, gotten, I've gotten plenty of, like, flack for posting my stuff online really yeah because people like think about how self-conceited you have to be to be like oh like my writings are so much better that's like i have to post it and be like this is me is that what people say though like that you're like so like you're conceited yeah people mad judge you online once you get to a certain thing people would just judge over anything you could even just post a picture of food people like oh that food's not five star like that's not michelin food you know you just get like judged over anything yeah yeah so like having create like kind of weird out ideas out there like you would see how people would also be like oh that's yeah. stupid also some poems are like oh the frost was like listening on the window <laughs> something like that and it's just, it just like it sounds really like lame but to some yeah. people they're like oh wow they're that was amazing because <laughs> yeah. some people are like that's basic as hell <laughs> you know like that's how it is art is yeah. like that sometimes yeah it's very very subjective yeah so polarizing how would you say you handled like all that hate uh in the very beginning i actually think like when i first started writing, I didn't realize how insecure I was because I based a lot of like value of my work and how the engagement and the feedback that I got on my posts. And I would also once again, I'm very competitive. So mm-hmm. I would like take that very critically and I would try to like, I actually kind of maybe it was good for me because I would like push myself to write 
better. In a different way. Yeah. But you're also taking like that constant feedback and you're trying to like reform yourself and be like, oh, maybe like more people like this topic and you go like in that sort of way. So on Instagram, since you know like a, a bunch of like IG baddies and a bunch of like sexual themes out there and people like flexing and stuff, yeah. I ended up writing like sex poems and because Dang. that was that was like, you know, saucy and people were like, oh, like reading yeah. about that stuff, you know, because yeah, you're putting yeah. it on your own page and people are like, why the hell is this guy talking about this shit yeah. on his page, you know? Do you feel like it's like inauthentic? inauthentic though because like if you're always like trying to rewrite or rework your work to fit like other people's um how they see you other people's views like how authentic are you being to yourself yeah i think as long as you're writing about stuff that's true to you mm-hmm. like i think it's fine but you i do agree in the sense that when you're chasing like numbers and validation you're sacrificing a bit of like authentic authenticity yeah but at the same time it's not like there's only other thing i put up was like fake or something you know like yeah. the stuff that came from inside of me so i still yeah. think it came from an authentic place although yeah. i might change the style in which it's written but mm. over time you do it like enough of it that you end up finding like a certain thing that you like doing more you know? yeah, yeah 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 do you think like if like the like social media space wasn't like based off like numbers and like metrics like that like you would still be as competitive in that aspect or like would would you find like another aspect to be competitive in you know oh for for the writing yeah that's a good yeah uh, i did think about that too if it didn't exist at all but i still also write on my own as well mm-hmm. i just like don't like i might write 10 or 15 different things and i'll post like one of them like oh, that's okay. the ratio like i do have a lot, a lot of other stuff that's like not posted because i'm like this is just for me or it's like crappy or whatever but yeah yeah do you write very often i used to write a lot more often yeah i'm like mm-hmm. actually kind of getting back into it during the pandemic, I had like a, I think everyone had like brain fog and like mm. they couldn't think clearly. Yeah. I had a very much brain fog for like two years that Dang. I feel like I'm coming out of this year and I can process things. That's wild. Things. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like coming back slowly. So I'm, yeah, yeah I'm like back, back into it. Kind okay, of, cool. I feel like you know. as like people get older, they kind of like go back into their hobbies. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, that's really all I had, honestly. Okay. Um, I do have an outro. Three questions. <laughs> They're not going to be trivia questions. Sorry. <laughs> it's not trivia, okay? Okay. What year was the first poet? Was <laughs> <laughs> that a question? Okay. No. Um, okay, so what is one advice or, you know, one advice that you kind of apply to, like, most endeavors in your life? Most of Most one, endeavors. One advice that you apply to most endeavors in your life that you feel like has really worked for you. Okay, advice for other people to give? Um, For endeavors, I would say just keep trying and don't like, don't judge yourself on the initial starting like block you just take off from Mm -hmm. because you're gonna spend like the first few months or even if you keep doing it for a long time, even the first few years could just be like, you're literally just refining your craft and you have to like literally keep doing it. I think there was this class actually in Harvard whatever and this guy was talking about like, the best pottery maker are the people who make like thousands and thousands of really shitty clay pots. Yeah. And they like literally have to go through iterations after iterations of doing like it really poorly to become very good at it later on. And yeah. so it's like, keep doing it. Is it your rice? Yeah, it's my rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my rice. Oh my God. Rice is done rice. So you just keep doing it even if you, if you suck at it. But literally okay. just do it because you're passionate about it. Okay. Like find the thing that you're most passionate about because that's what's going to like keep you pushing through on the days yeah. you don't want to do it. Yeah. It's like you love it so much that you still like to do that on your bad days. Yeah. You know. 
So are you like a yeah. firm believer? There are people who believe that like if you don't have the talent, no matter how hard you try, you, it won't work out. So are you the one that's like vice versa? Like it doesn't matter if you don't have the talent, but if you do the hard work, it'll work out for you. Yeah, I think yeah, I I apply with the latter because I don't think I have any talent in any sense. But you I learned so many hobbies. I feel like no, I learned taught myself everything though. That's like true. I that's, just that's from a talent YouTube in videos. Itself, honestly, I think sorry, go on. <laughs> no, but in the beginning, like you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you just that's like true. are going for it. Yeah, I, I think, just like keep going for it. Yeah, even if people. Even if people are like laughing at you that they think it's cringy, I'm sure I've come off plenty of cringe enough to people who are looking at it, but they don't understand like where it's coming from. As long as you're doing that's like, it's like aligned to your like yourself, your truth, then I think it's like fine. Yeah. I think like in the beginning, you definitely have to like, like overlook that hump or like go over that hump of like people judging you and like you like not getting like people not understanding why you do it. Right. Yeah. Getting over that. And then eventually people will start recognizing you. Unfortunately, people only recognize you when you get big, but I guess that's kind of how it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is really good advice. Um, what is the worst idea, not idea, worst advice you've ever gotten? The worst advice? Yeah. Um, I think the worst advice you can ever get is by asking other people if it's like correct or not. Mm. Like I remember, uh, this is back when I was like a teenager. My sister, like we we're back in Shanghai, my family, and my sister was auditioning this role in a movie and she like got the part and then later on the lady that casted her went to like also try to cast me i went to the audition and i kept going for (laughs) advice to my parents being like is this how i should read the line is that how and how you would be getting like and then three or four different opinions being like oh i think you should do it this way yeah they should do it that way so by asking for other people's advice you're actually like screwing yourself up more because like literally like other people don't like even know about that craft until like yeah. if you're doing it really well in yourself like you're the one that you should get your own feedback from yeah, you should yeah. like be asking yourself if this is what you like mm-hmm. you know so by yeah. asking other people you're actually confusing yourself yeah there's another quote that i forgot about this but yeah the best way to like be unsure about yourself is like to ask other, other people yeah something like that okay so what i'm getting from yeah. both of these advice is to just do your own thing on your own yeah kind of like I would say both these things relate back to self-awareness. Yeah. You have to be very self-aware and know who you are, who you are mm-hmm. first to go even try doing something, you know. If you're not self-aware enough to like know, oh, this is what I like and what I don't like, mm-hmm. then it'll be hard to pick in the first place, you know. So what yeah. would you tell people who like aren't, not aren't self-aware, but they don't know what they like and what they don't like? No, just try new things. Mm-hmm. Try new okay. things and try as many things as you can. Eventually you'll fall in something that you like. That's true. Yeah, I haven't met someone who like doesn't like anything. I, I haven't you know. met some people like that. Actually. Yeah, there's some basic people. We're not. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's why everyone's yeah. beautiful <laughs> in their own way. Yeah, in their own way. Um, okay, last question. So, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I've heard of it. Okay, you've heard yeah. of it. Okay, so there's an ex- there's an exercise in it where basically um, one way to really um, I guess like figure out how you want to live your life is to think about the end first, right? So you think about your funeral and think about your eulogy. And oh, wow, Jesus. Yeah. I know, it can be a good or bad thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's getting deep. Yeah, oh I love God, being deep. End of my life. <laughs> <laughs> sitting on my so, deathbed. <laughs> yeah, sitting in the coffin. Um, so um, what would you want your eulogy to say about you, I guess? What other people my would... eulogy? Yeah, so like if someone was reading your eulogy, what do you want them to say about you and like how you lived your life? Uh... I would say I, I would want to be known as a people person. He was a people person. He was outgoing and he always gave it a shot. I guess right now that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 
I have thought about that before and like if you asked a younger me it'd be I would say like I used to want to be famous you know really badly yeah. but now I'm like no that doesn't matter that much yeah it's just like and you try new things you're the people person I mean, being a, yeah. being a people person is kind of like being famous, just in a smaller scale. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you have like a large group of friends, it's pretty much being famous. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Okay. I feel like it is. So That's I, why I like going out, just meeting new people. Yeah. I used to go to concerts alone and just meet Really? People. Yeah. I'm going to my first concert alone this weekend. No, next oh. weekend. Okay, nice. Which one? Um, Arrows in Action. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. Oh, they're really good. I just found them actually like last week. And I love okay. them and then they have concerts. Anyways, um, I'm nervous to go alone actually. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> uh have fun and say hi to people <laughs> i feel like it's i don't know it's just like so like nerve-wracking to like just approach people you know like yeah. how do you know who is approachable or who like would want to like strike up a conversation with you kind of thing right the thing is you don't know you just have to open your mouth and see what happens like um i don't know just make a small comment like true. have you been to this venue before or like helping yeah. What song are you looking forward to tonight? <laughs> have, have, you know, That's like true, that. yeah. Something yeah. comment, something about the concert. Yeah, there was a, this guy I met at Coachella and he called them putting out feelers. Uh -huh. He sometimes would just like be walking through the field and would just be like, like, hey, those are nice shoes over there. Just like shout it out. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like, don't yeah. feel like everything you say has to be heard by everyone. That's like, true. whatever, just move on. There's it's a huge crowd of people. Yeah. Move on to the next. You know? yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's all I had. Um, I guess you have any last words. How was how this podcast for you? <laughs> it was, was interesting. <laughs> yeah. 